Welcome to the Everyday Changemakers Podcast. I'm your host, Dave McManus. On the podcast, I interview everyday changemakers to learn more about their story, how they began, and what challenges that they had along the way. With this podcast, I hope to inspire other people to take action on the things that they're passionate about to make the world a healthier, safer, and more inclusive place. Welcome to our first ever episode of Everyday Changemakers. I'm really excited to interview Natasha Sayed. Natasha is a senior product manager living in Silicon Valley, working in the digital health industry, but she's also the founder of a really awesome non-for-profit organization called Unboxed. So let's hear our story. Great. Well, thanks, Natasha, for joining us on the first episode of Everyday Changemakers podcast. We'd love to kick it off. And if you could tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, for sure. So I was born and raised in Canada. So I'm very proudly Canadian. I have a background in uh, computer science. I went to school for software engineering and machine learning. Out of college, I worked in the gaming industry, then went into the smart city and smart building industry. And then I moved out to the Bay Area about four years ago. And since then, I have become now a senior product manager at a healthcare tech startup. And I've also dabbled in your very quintessential Bay Area being a startup founder space where I was focused focused a lot on, you know, the diversity and inclusion cha- inclusion side and changing the narrative for women in the media. And so that's just a very quick and brief touch on everything I've done um, so far. That's awesome. And you started an organization uh, called Unboxed. I would love to learn more about that. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, growing up, I think I never really resonated with the stereotypes that that were around me. And so you grow up as, as a young girl watching things like uh, Mean Girls or 10 Things I Hate About You and, you know, all these movies and these shows um, like Clueless, Degrassi, whatever. And, you know, there's all of these like quintessential, oh, you're the nerd or you're the, you're the dumb pretty girl or, you know, whatever have you, right? And so I could never reconcile why women were constantly boxed into one thing or the other. And I, I thought that would only, you know, kind of be in the realm of, of television, but when I grew, as I got older and I, I started finishing school and I started working, I realized that these stereotypes people take very seriously and they actually, they kind of stick to you. So, you know, I, I kind of looked at, at the media landscape more specifically and I was like, okay, well, why don't we have something out there that really is the intersection of of, you know, technology and innovation, but also has a very feminine touch and feel to it, right? Like why are, why is um, intellect always marketed in a masculine way? Why can't we market it and showcase it in a more feminine way? Right. And so that is sort of what, what started, you know, what, what was eventually led to unboxed. And the idea was ultimately to just to change the narrative of women in the media to stop um, creating these boxes that girls try to fit themselves up into and then they grow up and women try and continue to, to fit into these boxes right and so the the idea was to just tell stories of women that are in um, stem fields that are innovators in, in whatever you know space or vertical that they're in but that showcase them in a very different light and so we would do very high-end fashion editorial photo shoots with them we would do just document Documentaries about them and we had a very specific style that we use and so the idea was to create this vogue like platform but for for stem and for in, in innovators essentially and so that that is what unboxed was trying to do and that is why it started 
that's amazing. And I'm assuming that's the first uh, startup that you've done? Actually, no. So before it was unboxed, it was actually called Humans of STEM. And it was a talk show, which is where Unboxed was leading to. And that one wasn't focused on women. It was just focused on people in STEM. And it was, I would just interview them, right, on on camera. And the idea was that it doesn't really matter what coding language you know, or, you know, what, what, what framework you've built or what you've gone to school for, but I want to understand all aspects of your personality. Let me show how multidimensional you are. And so I filmed six episodes at YouTube studio and I was bootstrapping it and I ran out of money in the editing phase because I, you know, just editing costs an arm and a leg. And so I had to shut that down and it was, it wasn't around for very long. I think it was only around for like eight months. And then that eventually translated into unboxed and the, you know, I was like, okay, well, photos are much cheaper than video. And so let me try and change the narrative with photos and then I can dabble into the video space again. Wow. And, and for the first iteration of Unbox, how did you get started? Well, when you were, you were thinking about how long, or actually how long were you thinking about uh, doing something before you got started? I think I was consciously thinking about it maybe just a couple of months. I think it was always subconscious where I would watch these talk shows and I would, you know, you always have celebrities on there and I'm like, okay, well, that's cool. And they're promoting, you know, their, their songs or their movies or whatever. And I'm like, okay, well, I would only use like, you only go and watch a movie once or you read a book maybe once or twice. Right. But I use like Facebook every day. I drive my car every day. I use my phone multiple times a day. Like, how do I not know the people that are behind these products? Right. Like, how do I not know like are they only children do they have siblings do they dance like I know nothing about these people right and so why aren't they the ones that I ever get to see on camera and if they were on camera then what kind of a social impact would that have in the world and in people and kids that ultimately choose stem degrees you know what I mean and so that that was running through my head for a couple of months and then honestly I just decided to do it I literally just reached out to the people that I knew And I was like, Hey, like, this is what I'm trying to do. I have, would you be willing to just, you know, sit down with me and get interviewed? And I had a bunch of people say yes to me. Then I had, you know, some, some people that I knew that worked at YouTube, that worked at Google, that were able to help me with getting that studio space there. And I never done this before, by the way. And so I had no experience in media. I have no experience in production. I have no experience in anything, but I like to tell stories. And so I would sit down. So I sat down with everyone that I wanted to interview and I kind of went through their life. So it was really cool. Like there were a lot of immigrants, there was a refugee. There's just these interesting, interesting stories behind people that were building these world changing products, you know, and I kind of, I, I sat there and I listened to their whole story and I created this narrative of like, okay, this is kind of overall how the conversation is going to flow and put them in front of a camera, you know, figured out the whole hair and makeup thing. And just, I just went and did it like, like there's no, there's not much more to it than just the fact that I just went and I scheduled time and I just, I just did it. Awesome. And how are you feeling in those early stages? There's a lot of imposter syndrome. There's a lot of like, even reaching out to people. Like I was very embarrassed because I'm like, is this even a good idea? Like people are going to think I'm stupid. Like no one's going to, like my friends are going to think I'm like, why are you doing this? Like, why am I putting myself out there? Like there was a lot of like self-talk that happens in your mind. But I think at the end of the day, you either get over it and you do something that you're passionate about, or you sit down and you sit, you know, for the rest of your life wondering like, you know, 
if I had just taken the chance, where would I be one day? Right. And so, and so basically that, that sort of what was going through my head and it was just taking almost like a leap of faith and not letting that self-talk get to me. That's awesome. And what were, what were some of the challenges that you encountered or potentially some interesting unexpected things that happened along the way? <laughs> not knowing anything about media and trying to start a media company, I think um, is very interesting. I think people don't appreciate the amount of time it takes to create content and being able to create mass volumes of it in short amounts of time is a feat in and of itself. People don't appreciate the amount of time that actually goes into editing, I think, and the cost behind it. Like there were certain situations where I was costed almost $10,000 for one minute of editing. And I like, I could have never conceived that this is sort of the, the, you know, like the numbers that I would be looking at. I think not ever have been behind a camera before was very interesting in that everything, you, you need to be overly energetic in order to just seem okay um, and normal in front of a camera, which I thought was super interesting. There was this one time where I was actually doing a photo shoot. So what I would do is I, I would actually, in order to save money, I would batch create content, right? And so if I'm renting a studio for a day, I'm trying to get out like, you know, four months of photo shoots or like, you know, a ton of video at the same time because I'm paying for the studio space, right? Like I'm not going to pay multiple times, right? And so it's like a very, like, it's a logistical nightmare because you have hair and makeup and then you have all of these people coming in and out because you also don't want people to spend like eight hours of their day or six hours of their day, you know, just sitting there doing nothing. Um, and then you have food coming in and out and then you have everyone that's like recording and doing video and all of these other things. Right. So this one day where it was actually, I was, I, I was working on unboxed at the time and I had had this studio for eight hours. Um, and I was, um, we had, we were maybe like six hours into it and we had taken photos for like four Four different seasons. So the first form Unbox took was actually an online magazine. And so there was a front cover and everything. And so I did like a spring um, cover and a summer cover and all that other stuff, right? Six hours into it, we're looking through all of the photos and trying to see if we have all the shots and all the pictures just disappear. Like they literally oh, no. are all gone, you know, from the laptop. And I'm like, is it in the cart? Like it's not in the SD card. It's not in the laptop. It's not in the trash. It's no literally, they were nowhere to be found, Dave nowhere. They just went into thin air. And basically we had two hours to recreate six hours worth of content in that time frame. And I remember at the time, you don't even have, you don't even have the capacity to be frustrated or mad. You just automatically go into like solution mode. You're just like, okay, this happened. And now like, these are all the things I need to do in order to like fix however, or salvage whatever I can salvage. And so I will never forget these moments and, and everything that I've learned. Sure. And would you say that you learned pretty quickly, you know, whether you're passionate about something or not <laughs> during those times? Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't think it matters because I, I like I mean, I don't know, like I didn't grow up being passionate about like camera angles or studio lighting and all that other stuff. Right. But either you have a bunch of money and you can hire people to do it or you learn to do it yourself. And at the time, you're not even thinking about like, oh, is this boring? Is this interesting? Right. You're just like, this needs to get done because the overarching goal is that I want to change the narrative of women in the media. I need to put more diverse 
women, women of color, women of different professional backgrounds on the media landscape in some way, shape or form and tell their stories. Right. And so that, that is what, what I'm doing now, if that means I need to learn how to, how to film because of it, if I need to learn sound because of it, if I need to learn lighting or makeup or whatever it is I need to learn, I will learn to get to that goal. So, yeah. What, 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 what would you say are the biggest learnings for you from your journey with Unboxed? I think for me, so two of them. Number one is that, is that the one thing that anybody that's listening to this, the one thing that you can take out of any sort of educational foundation you're trying to build for yourself or any job that you're in is that you need to learn how to learn. And that is the one thing that will take you throughout life. If you can just learn how to learn and you can take that, you, you can translate that skill set to anything that you want to do. And that's how I can get from something like engineering to being the founder of a media company, to being a product manager, because I've, I've just learned the, the art of learning. So that's the one thing. And the second thing is that, you know, you really cannot let people's opinions of what you are doing or who you are dictate your life. And so what's interesting is when I launched Unboxed, I thought that, you know, there would be a lot of people, like there would be a lot of, like people would love it and it would be great and all that. And there was a lot of positive feedback, but I actually got a lot of hate mail, which was very interesting and which was very, very unexpected. And all of it came from women. And it was around like, hey, like, why are you doing this? Like you're bringing women back like 10,000 years years, you're like undoing all of the hard work we've done. And, you know, why are you interviewing women, but like, you know, their hair looks good, or they're wearing makeup, and this is terrible. And it's women like you, that's, that's, you know, a regressing society. And that was something that I just never expected that I would get. I, that was a total curveball. And so that was very interesting. And, you know, that, that made me think, you know, if there was like a GQ for like men in STEM, you know, would, would they get the same kind of reaction? I don't think so. Right. And so I, if had I like really taken that to heart, I would have never pushed forward from like the very first iteration of, of what I had built on Unbox and gotten to what it became. And so that was, you know, the other big piece of learning throughout this journey. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. The first, the first one that you mentioned, how do you learn how to learn or or what what are some of the steps that you would recommend for people to, to get started on that journey? Yeah. So I think, I think engineering is actually a really, really good way to that, like that, my engineering skill set really helped me lay that foundation where I think when, when someone is looking at um, learning something new, a lot of the times you have mental barriers. It's not because you don't have the capacity to do it. You as an individual are just psychologically overwhelmed at the task of it. Right. And so you're kind of like, Oh, you know, like when you think about, say it's something like learning how to ride a bike or learning how to swim or something. Right. You think of it as a whole entire task of like, Oh, I need to be able to, ride this bike on like every single type of dirt road and learn how to start and stop and do like two wheels and all of these other things. Right. But really that's, that's your end goal. Like you should, yes, you should eventually get there, but can you break it down into smaller steps that you can manage more easily? That makes it less overwhelming. Right. So first, like, why don't you just learn how to sit on the bike 
and maybe balance on the bike. Like don't even worry about riding it, right? Feel comfortable on the bike, right? Maybe put on some training wheels before you, you try a two wheeler, right? If you can break down anything that you're doing and, and move away from the end result and break it down just into tinier chunks, um, then it's, then it's a lot less overwhelming because learning how to sit on a bike and just balance it is, is a lot easier for you to psychologically grasp than learning how to, you know, completely ride that bike in any sort of weather and condition or whatever. And so that would be my advice of like, wherever, whatever you're trying to learn, just please break it down into smaller chunks and focus on building your expertise in those chunks. And they will eventually just naturally come together into a larger whole. Advice. And I guess given there's a whole new generation and, you know, a lot of, of the existing generations are probably sitting at home thinking about like even in the current climate with the, the health pandemic, that there's a lot of things that they want to do or they want to have an impact on. If we take that, that learning analogy that you just walked through, what, what are some of the things or what, what's your advice to people who are thinking about something? Maybe it's equality or, you know, it's, it, it's healthcare. What would, what would your advice be to those people? I think for me, it always comes back to just, just the fact that you can think about having an impact on these things shows that you come from like a lens, like a life of privilege in some way, shape or form, you know, being Pakistani, like, you know, I, I see what goes on back home and how, you know, there's these girls that don't get the chance to have an education. These girls that do get married off at like 12, 13 years old, you know, these girls that don't ever get a chance to have their own career. And there's all of these barriers. And so I look at my life and the fact that I was privileged enough to be part of a family that promotes education that I went and I got my degree that I'm in a position where I can pursue my ambitions in my career and where I'm in a position where I have, you know, you know, stability in, in a lot of ways. And so I, I look at that and I'm like, because, because I'm in this situation, it's almost like I have a responsibility to make a difference. And that, that in and of itself is enough of a driver for me to go out and do something. And so Think about the fact that you could have been born in literally any situation, like any other situation than what you're born in right now, right? Like you could have been born in some third world country. You could be living in a slum. You could have been married at 13. You could be, there's all of these things that just by chance, you're sitting where you're sitting. You're listening to this podcast. You're sitting here thinking about having like intellectual thoughts and conversations around, you know, what's going on in the world and how you want to make an impact. And just the fact that you can have that thought shows tells me that like you have some responsibility to act on whatever you want to act on, make a difference on whatever you make a difference, want to make a difference and then leave, you know, your legacy behind. Right. And so just, just understand that and, and try your best to actually go out there and do something because people have a lot of good ideas. I think good ideas are a dime a dozen. It really comes down to execution and do people actually follow through. And I think that's where, that's where, that's where it's at. That's great. That's, that's great. I think that, you know, yeah, I think you hit on a really good point about realizing the privilege that, that you have, I think, that people have and, and using that as a driver to say, hey, you know, I'm in a good position to, to help out other people. I think yeah. that's really powerful. Yeah, definitely. We'd love to learn more about the work that you're doing advising 
in Pakistan, if you wanted to tell us a bit about that. Yeah, for sure. So I am an advisor now working with, you know, a few government run incubators. Um, I'm actually working on, you know, setting up the country's first female only sort of accelerator program. And so I'm, I'm very, very excited about that. We're just, you know, in the process of building that out. Um, and that'll be really cool. But really, you know, there's so much talent out in Pakistan. Um, there's so there's the population is so large, and there's so many problems to be solved. And so I am coming in to a lot of startups as a product advisor because product management is still quite new out there. And there's maybe just a handful, like I can count them on my fingers of, of product managers that are, that are out there. And so how do you, how do you build um, a product? How do you scale a company? How do you grow your user base? How do you grow hack online? Um, these are all things that I've learned both at Rally and then, and at Unboxed. And so I'm just you know, spending time with a lot of really, really promising startups out there and helping them with scale and growth and, and product development. That's awesome. It really does sound, you know, from the first steps that you took about just getting out there and, and interviewing people, you know, you're, you're still holding true to that mission and you're, you're building up a lot of momentum. Just, it's really inspiring. Yes, thank you. Yeah, I still, I mean, that goal is still there. And so I think that's just a, something I really, really want to put out there. So ultimately, I mean, I don't know where life will take me. I'm still building myself, trying to do as much as I can, help as many people as I can. And, you know, hopefully one day I will get to have that talk show where I can bring on the innovators of the world and, and put their stories out there. I mean, that's something I've always been super passionate about. And that's something that I'm still working towards. And if our listeners wanted to get in touch with you, uh, do you have Twitter or is there a yes. good place? To... So LinkedIn is great. I'm also, I, I have Instagram. I'm more heavy on Instagram than I am um, on Twitter. And so a lot of people will just DM me questions there, or that's where I keep people posted on the talks that I'm giving to different incubators everywhere. And so that would be the best place to contact me. Um, and I can give you those details if you want to post that somewhere. Sounds sounds awesome. Well, thank you so much, Natasha. It's it's been a great great to learn more about the work that you you're doing and inspiring other people. No, thank you, David. It was it was great chatting with you, and thank you for having me on. Thanks so much. Well, that's the end of another episode on Everyday Change Makers. If you would like to learn more about uh, Unboxed and Natasha Startup, you can go to www.djmgrowth.com. And if you could hit subscribe, that would be amazing. We have a lot of great. Thank you so much. And we'll see you for the next episode.